0: Medical emergencies can strike anywhere. With Fly You Home membership from Air Medcare Network, you can recover close to family and loved ones. Fly You Home can transport you to the hospital of your choice in a medically equipped private aircraft. You won't pay a dime out of pocket. Cover everyone in your home for as little as $159 a year. Take control of your care with Fly You Home membership from Air Medcare
1: Network. Learn more and get started at airmedcarenetwork.com.
2: This is Unspoiled covering Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, Volume 6 Fables and Reflections. In this volume, talking heads, werewolves, and frenzied bloodthirsty women. Just another day inside the head of Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Welcome to Unspoiled. Bum, 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 bum,
3: Mr. Sangman, bring me a dream. Bum, 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 bum. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Bum, 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 bum. Give him two lips like roses and clover.
1: Bum, 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 bum. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman. Man has a sick mind.
2: A sick, fevered, twisted mind. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the show. My name is Natasha.
1: I'm Anthon. And I'm Miles.
2: Yay. Yay. We didn't talk over each other. <laughs> um, so this volume was how many did it wind up being? Eight different I mean, eight, issues? Eight.
1: I think eight issues and uh, you got your copy had that crappy fear of falling like preview, right? Uh,
2: yeah, what uh, was that?
1: I don't know, it's as shitty I as mean, what it was. Do you know what it reminded me of? You know
3: how in um in a lot of Greek plays they would always invoke the muses at the beginning?
2: Maybe that's what he was, because this whole thing does have a huge, like...
3: Stage director type feel?
2: Yeah, it it just definitely, it's it's like an homage throughout, so maybe that's what he's kind of doing.
1: Well, that was uh, from a Vertigo preview issue, so that was a part of a book that DC put out where it's like, here's all our upcoming Vertigo titles, like little snippets to try and sell you on them, which... I think if I were in that position, fear of falling would have done a terrible job
2: yeah, of selling me
1: on Sandman.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just. It was so utterly cliched to me when he ends with, sometimes when you fall, you fly, and that's the thing. I was like, really? That's it? Come on. It's just, cause like, come on.
1: You know, sometimes taking risks is worth it. Okay. Whoop-de-doo. Thank you. For that. And in yeah, addition they- to that, the art is just a steaming pile of shit, so.
2: Oh yeah that's something like I think I've said this in previous issue- or podcasts, but because i 'm just not familiar enough with the with art in graphic novels in general it's really hard for me to know if i 'm being too judgmental or not or if this is just sort of how it is. but it was definitely like distracting some moments in this one because I was like, "Wait, why does he look so fucking mangled or why does this look like it was drawn in about forty-five seconds and never fixed or edited? Probably because that's exactly what it was.
1: Everyone has, you know, a different preference to art, especially sequential art, which is what you find in comics. Um, Scott McCloud, I think, is the guy who broke it down into four kind of traditions, mm-hmm. which is I think it was the classicist, the animist, uh, the like experimentation and then there was another one um but you know i i always fell pretty firmly within the classicist like i want it to look good mm-hmm. you know i want it to look realistic and pretty and and good whereas some people are way more into the more experiment with form and you know let's let's bend art expectations and be all you know that kind of thing but for me, I'm always like, no, I just want that dragon to, lo- to look like a dragon. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I feel like if there were any particular story that it would be worth it to experiment in, I would have to admit it's probably Sandman because That's he does point. just do such nutty stuff with the story anyway.
3: If it's an issue that involves the dreaming. Like, go, up, go have at it.
2: Right, yeah. Well,
3: and um, even
1: in in this volume, like, for example, the, uh, the Ramadan issue mm-hmm. uh, is drawn and printed in a whole different style yeah
2: it was quite cool
1: yeah i liked it too
2: Um, i liked it when
3: since we just brought up ramadan and um i won't touch it too much but i just want to say that i like it when neil gaiman is able to take himself out of his middle class western like mindset you know mm -hmm. and able to kind of just put himself in a in another culture without seeming like like the Marco Polo Netflix series, you know, like, like a poorly executed um, way of trying to, to tell a story from a different point of view, from a different culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate that.
1: I thought Ramadan was very well executed, though.
3: Yeah, that's what I meant yeah. to say. Right. I like that he's able to do that. Um, I know that I've encountered stories in comics where they've tried to do something like this, and it's kind of failed.
2: Yeah, well, it can be very – it's almost like they're too aware of the fact that maybe they shouldn't be writing about this, that it, like, leaks into the story. And it's like, I can sense your discomfort with this whole subject Mm -hmm. matter just via, you know
1: (laughs) – Like, you're really not okay with the fact that there are no white people in this.
2: Right. Or not even that. It's just that, like, I know that I can be this way sometimes when, um, especially on the broadcast, if I'm trying to talk about the issues that women of color face and I don't have anybody who is of color on the show with me at the time, and I feel like, is it okay for me to just talk about this on my own when I'm Mm -hmm. not speaking from experience at all and just trying to assess from the outside, you. you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes it almost feels like, do I have a right to be here and that kind of can show a little bit
1: yeah and i think there are a lot of people who there are a lot of people who would say no you don't
2: i yeah, yeah. exactly exactly
1: and they're not entirely unjustified but all the same they're completely unjustified in my opinion
2: <laughs> it's a really fine line that you have to walk
1: yeah i mean there is such a thing as an ally as we know
2: so right and it's just everybody has a different idea on what that means i'm coming to find out
1: hmm. yeah
2: um Okay, so let's start off with September and uh three Septembers and a January.
1: Oh, okay. I'm down with that. Okay. I um, love that story.
2: This was I yeah, this was like probably my favorite short that he's done. It was one of the only ones that has an ending that felt ac- incredibly uplifting to me. And it just it was so hopeful and so I'm trying to think of the word. It was just optimistic and um, not only in the outlook like for the main character, but just their faith in people, you know, Mm -hmm. which I feel like Neil Gaiman definitely tends to look into the dark side of humanity in general, which is fine. And it's a great storytelling. It's a great place to start, but it's nice to see him sort of have this moment where he's like, and sometimes people don't totally suck because sometimes they don't. A lot of times they do, but they can really be surprising. Right. So, and um, it's
1: interesting that the implication is that all you need is to really believe something, to have that dream that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. And not only are you free from despair, but you also, you're also free from madness and free from the desires that bring a lot of us down.
2: <laughs> so. Exactly, and you're bringing hope and belief to other people. Right. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it was just so great, the ending. Um, well, okay, let's start off. It starts off with Joshua, who is a businessman who started off, he invested in something poorly. I don't feel like we get any details on that, did we? I think it was,
1: it was Rice, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah.
3: right. And it's
2: oh, that's right. in,
3: like, post, oh, wait, no, no. Pre-Civil War San Francisco. But even then, like, the West Coast was not really, like, Sucked into the fighting that happened on, on the other side of the of the country when that yeah, when it it's, yeah,
1: it's 1859 when it starts out
2: right. Um, and despair is with him on the bed in the background. He's which, trying to
1: work up the courage to kill himself.
2: Yeah, and I love that despair is like in black and white and gray basically, and he's in color. It's just this great. Mm-hmm. It just visually really um, makes sense and is striking. And she's like the voice in his head. Well, you've, done the, you've fucked up now and you're nothing. I mean, you could kill yourself. Maybe you just should. You wouldn't be the right. first one to do it. Go ahead. Like It just really sounds like what you would imagine the voice in his head to be saying to him at the moment. Um, and then she calls Dream to her and she drags her nail across her chest and draws blood while she's calling him.
3: Her hook ring. Her little hook yeah. ring. I love that oh, she Oh, is goes, it? I
2: couldn't see it.
3: It's her hook ring, because remember she, um... Oh, she's there
2: ring it on her is. finger
3: And then she runs it across her chest and starts bleeding herself, cutting herself yeah. open. Honestly,
2: and like, until you said that, I didn't see that ring at all. Like, it just looked like another, like, oh, fold or crease in her face. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's her sigil, right, is the hook ring? And yeah. I, I love that like, she's like... Go ahead, Anton.
3: Oh, sorry, sorry. It's the part of the ritual when they summon each other, they... Like, remember when either you present us your someone the sigil of the sibling you're trying to summon, or you're
1: you have your sigil in your hand. Right, okay. and I, and I love that because she's like my brother. I do not stand in my gallery. Neither do I hold your sigil. Come anyway. I'm yeah, I'm, right? I'm not doing any of this the right way. Just get the fuck over here. Come on, <laughs> come on. Uh-huh.
3: And the look on her face when she cuts herself open and running through her chest, is this the first time we, like, the, one of the few moments that we see her in a bit of, a fit of ecstasy. A little bit. It yeah. reminded me that she is Desire's twin, so there's that. Yep.
2: It was sort of interesting because I honestly, at first, didn't realize who she was because she's illustrated in such a different way. Her features are much coarser and broader than they were in the illustrations where we first meet her. Mm -hmm. And she had been more um, not even soft-spoken is the correct word, but more like sibilant, I guess is what I'm thinking, as if she was just sort of crouching in the shadows whispering things and not really putting herself into the foreground at all. Mm -hmm. And in this, she's much more like in command of the room. And I'm not sure if that is a choice on the part of the illustrator or if it's something consciously that you know neil gaiman is like well she's off on the sidelines just lurking out of sight when she when somebody is not experiencing despair but when they are then she has like total control maybe that's on purpose
1: we're finally seeing her like in her element here
2: Mm -hmm. um so yeah dream shows up not impressed as usual. <laughs> and um, she has a challenge to see who will take this man first. Whether it be her or dream or desire. And, or delirium. Or delirium. I forgot delirium was even a part of this. Because delirium just like so immediately is like, oh yeah, this isn't going to work, huh? No. I'm, I'm going <laughs> <Like>, to take off.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, despair says right. some stuff. I kind of remember it.
2: <laughs> um, and yet... Yeah, Dream is, like, acting like he's not going to take part in this. But she goes after his pride, which is, like, the only way to get him to do anything. As <laughs> and she accuses him of being the reason that their brother turned his back on them. Um, you did not care about him. You did not care about us. If you did, he would not have left us. And uh, at this point, he sends Joshua to sleep. And Joshua has this <laughs> this dream um, where he talks about a ship full of rice. It was meant to make me truly rich. Instead, it wiped me out. I'm like, man, I would really like to know the backstory on that ship full of rice.
1: You can probably look it up online. I mean, Joshua Norton was a real person. Was he? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. How weird. All, okay. All
1: this stuff about the, the first and last emperor of America. That is absolutely true.
2: I want to know. Well, all right. So this illustration where he says, sometimes I dream that I'm still respected, still a man, but then I wake. Sometimes when I sleep, I am a boy in Africa once once more. And the illustration of him as a boy is the most terrifying thing. (laughs) His ears are taking up his whole head. The top hat is about six times the size. His smile is, uh, it's just unnerving. Um, This particular illustration just like bothered me a lot. I like put my hand over it at one point I was like I can't focus with that thing staring at me (laughs) um and he delirium or does um I see and now I'm about to do it despair is watching the dream and being like well what are you doing and dream says well I'm trying to understand him and uh she says, what are dreams? They're nothing. And he says, dreams are nothing. Without dreams, there could be no despair. I'm like, oh, snip, snap. I really like uh-huh. that.
1: Um, so I, I just, in case you're, since you professed interest, I just found this on uh, the Wikipedias. <laughs> um, he enjoyed a good deal of success in the real estate market. And by the early 1950s, had accumulated the fortune of $250,000, which damn, in the mid-19th century. Norton thought he saw a business opportunity when China, facing a severe famine, placed a ban on the export of rice, causing the price of rice in San Francisco to skyrocket. Um, When he heard there there was a ship coming back from Peru carrying 200,000 pounds of it, he bought the whole thing, hoping to corner the market. But shortly after he signed the contract, several other shiploads of rice arrived from Peru, which caused the price to plummet. So, yeah.
2: So, he had his eye on the Asian farmers, but not thinking about the American yeah. farmers. Yeah. That'll be mm. a lesson to you, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he wakes up from this dream, evidently, and uh, uh, there's this woman who's waiting outside, um, Mrs. Rutledge. Yeah. And she's like, I heard somebody talking in there. Is everything okay? And he's like, yes, everything's fine. But I really, really need to get to the evening bulletin.
1: I'm drafting a proclamation.
2: I loved this so much. Um, at the peremptory <laughs> request of a large number of the citizens of these United States. I love that. It starts <laughs> that way. Everybody's yeah. asking me to do this, guys. Okay. So just calm down.
1: Everybody wants me to be in charge. You all be just there. ask them. It feels like something Donald Trump would say. Oh, God. I
2: really had shadows of Donald Trump throughout. I really did. (laughs) It's like
1: (laughs) at the Republican debate when the guy asked him specifically what evidence he had that the Mexican government was sending the bad illegals over the border. And Trump basically said, yeah, this one guy told me.
2: Uh, (laughs) He's the worst. Anyway um anton i feel like you were talking i'm sorry your sound can sometimes be super soft so i can't tell that you're talking until you're like mid-sentence can you turn it up a little bit or okay, lean sorry. in a little okay sorry um what was it you were saying about trump i'm sure
3: <laughs> oh i was saying oh god this guy well well the thing with donald trump is that reminds me of joshua is just how he's so deluded i guess that, i guess that's. i guess you could say that with Joe, with donald trump it the whole, like too much of the dreaming, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: of, Boulade, of dreams palace. They're actually not at all alike, and except oh, for the fact they're that not. You know, yeah, I mean, but but the the whole thing of like you know everybody wants me to be in charge. That I think that's the the comparison. <laughs>
2: I just, yeah, this, the fact that he starts it off that way just delighted me. Um, And then I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and for the past nine years and 10 months of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself emperor of these United States, and in virtue of the authority in me vested, do hereby order and direct the representatives of the different states of the union to assemble in the music hall of this city on the first day of February next then and there, to make such alterations in the existing laws of the Union as may ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. And it's signed, Norton I, Emperor, Norton I, Emperor of the United States.
1: Um, <laughs> I love the Printer's reaction when he's like, what are you going to do with this shit? He's you fucking like, crazy? I'm
2: gonna print
1: it. <laughs> not
2: insane. Um I really wish that there had been like pe- that people actually showed up on that February the first. Um like that we had gotten to see that little gathering, but yeah. that's okay. If anybody actually showed up at all. <laughs> I mean I imagine the press would show up at least. Probably. Um So Death shows up and is asking dream like what are you even doing and dream says well despair provoked me and she's like yeah duh like i just love child. yeah she really is she's like i thought you would grown up guess not and And um, like
3: she's all like the twins are into this thing because she because he answers so matter of factly he goes it's a contest duh and she's like yeah (laughs) you I mean, I can understand the twins and and delirium because that's their thing. Mm-hmm. But you,
1: well, those two in Destiny are like the elder three, right? Like they don't yeah mm-hmm. around with little amusements of the others. Which I don't, I don't really know why, but yeah,
2: because they're too. they're so much more permanent, I think.
1: Maybe that or they, they take...
2: realize how like silly and transient things like desire and despair are.
1: That's a good point. That's a good
2: point. Um. So he says that he has made Joshua King, and then it jumps ahead, September 1864. Damn, 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 damn.
1: It's going to be okay, Sam <laughs> Clemens. It's going to be fine.
2: Oh, God. I, I had no idea. I didn't know his um his, or his real name, and I should because the Mark Twain house was like, three blocks from my house where when i lived in (laughs) connecticut but i just like was so i think inundated with so much about him when i was in school because he had you know lived in the area that i kind of shut it out and i was like i don't care oh my god (laughs) and kind of shot myself in the foot on that one um and the doorman says Hey, Mr. Norton, how's it going? Not Mr. Norton, Sam. I really shouldn't have to remind you. The correct form of address is your majesty.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's Sam, not the doorman, I do think. What's that? That's, that's Sam Clemens, not the doorman.
2: It, wait, it is? Yeah. I thought that Sam was the one that was ripping things up.
1: He is. Same guy. He's wearing the same outfit. Look at him.
2: I'm confused now.
1: He says damn. he says, Damn, 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 right. damn, and damn, all leaves. the way down to the door, and then he leaves says damn, hiya, Mr. Dorton. How's it going?
2: Oh Mr Oh my god, okay. I got this the speech bubbles like completely mixed up in my head. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> all right. Um So yeah, anyway, he invites him out to dinner. And at first, Joshua was like, I don't want charity. But then he's like, but you haven't paid your imperial taxes this year, which just happened to be 50 cents. I was like, oh, nice. Nicely done.
1: Your receipt?
2: <laughs> I know. Does he just carry that? Apparently he mm-hmm. does because of the um, money exchange thing that people asked about, the yeah. tourists. Yeah. Um, and they're eating. And he says, I hesitate to tell you this, Sam. But there are certain individuals who have accused me of mm, Well, being mad, you shock me, Your Majesty. (laughs) Oh, you.
1: I think perhaps it has something to do with the bridge I have commanded to be built across the Bay to Oakland.
2: Oh my Which, god! Yeah, I enjoy that this conversation is happening, and Dream is watching them with this like incredibly bored, depressed look on his face. <laughs> He's like sitting in the corner with his glass of wine, just like, "Oh, these guys, Jesus, say something interesting." I have to be here, and I don't want to. Um, and this is when Delirium shows up. She's also illustrated quite differently.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I feel it- like Delirium is illustrated differently every time she appears.
2: I, they all are. Honestly yeah, that's true. Like, like dream is the dream and death are the most consistent, but everybody else changes a lot.
1: It's okay for them though, because they're all they're just aspects of ideas, really. Yeah, so. totally.
2: Well, I'm I'm wondering guys,
1: um, if uh
3: Delirium looks a little Asian to you because oh, of her. Totally. I, okay, good. Because I didn't I was really hoping and I know um listeners, I'm Asian, so I'm not being racist here. I'm just what?
1: because of what she says.
3: Well, well, I mean, just you remember you she... me
1: you were making me do a podcast with an Asian person. I'm out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I could but...
1: handle the gay thing, but Asian was too much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the gay thing, that's my next novel that I'm writing.
3: <laughs> no, but um, I will say I do appreciate Delirium's um arrival and um she, you know, she she doesn't even Tell she doesn't even like wait for a dream to ask her where she's been. She's just like, "Hey, you want to know where I was? Well, so this shitty thing happens to all the immigrant girls that move here." Oh
2: yeah. my god, that was so so sad. Two uh, bits what? of tricks. So by the time they're twenty, they're old women, too diseased to live.
1: You think that's why she looks Asian in these that's things? That's what I assumed. Yeah,
2: out with
3: the Chinese girls. I no, th- she's been hanging out in the opium dens in, in, in LA, uh, San Francisco.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, that's yeah.
2: what I think that she. Had
4: Steps, you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day little. actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw group prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
2: taken on that look because she had been hanging out with the asian girls and she was like, okay, so I'm going to look Asian now. Oh,
4: my
1: God. This, uh, this letter came in today uh, at YES. And, you know, we get letters like feedback on our issues and stuff. And this woman had apparently uh, been sitting in a waiting room with an issue of our magazine from, like, a year or something ago. Read the whole thing and then hand-wrote two copies of the same letter and emailed it to our two different addresses. And what it talks about is the fact that we had done an issue... About poverty, and uh, somebody had written something about race and poverty, and like included a lot of race statistics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, this woman writes this letter was like, "I noticed that your statistics didn't mention anything about Asian people because Asian people don't are, aren't in poverty. And maybe if the blacks and Latinos trouble to learn English and did this, this, that, and the other, they would be able to be more like the Asian community." And I'm like.
2: What? That is a very commonly held, like, That's it's a, it's what they call a uh, positive discrimination, I think is how they phrase that. That's they,
1: right. They like, like to call
3: model minorities, which is such
1: bullshit.
2: What's that?
3: They like to call Asians model minorities.
1: Oh, oh God. God. Do but, they really?
3: Oh, yeah, which is such bullshit because there's a lot of, um, a brief tangent, there's a lot of, on the subject of, you know, abused um, Asian girls, there's a lot of, um, indentured slavery that happens in the nail salons in new york they had to do a crackdown oh yeah i was reading about that and how bad that is slave wages
2: yeah and this is what people like they have this thing in their head like oh the successful intelligent really mathy asians who always (laughs) nail the top jobs and it's like yeah um you're just seeing what you want to see as usual but it's, yeah. it's a really common thing that people will say, well, the Asians can do it. You hear that argument and see that argument so fucking often.
1: It's uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. – I And when you consider the entire – they're not even looking at the cultural history and how long it took Asian people to be, quote, model – Minorities or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, it's so patronizing. I hate it. Decades and decades of horrible oppression. Right. It's poverty. so it's
3: terrible that um that Netflix documentary um, the search for General Cho. It's not just about the chicken dish that is a very Chinese American invention. It's more so about how the Chinese community pretty much just had to struggle because of the fact that they were there were laws being passed in California that was preventing them from getting jobs. The only thing a, um an able bodied um, Asian American male could do was laundry, work at a laundromat, or be a waiter at a Chinese restaurant because his people would hire him.
2: Uh, okay.
3: Yeah. And that's why you have the rise of all these Chinese restaurants that are all over the place now.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. I could. I have, as Rashawn has said, um, she has described herself as being obsessed with race and i think she has infected me with that lately because i'm just like having no patience with anybody anymore at you all You ain't the only one lord have mercy
1: you ain't the only one i was at the bernie sanders rally on saturday <laughs> were you yeah
2: oh shit yeah i was like um well this is a whole thing but I was just so in support of those women interrupting, and they got so much shit, and I was just like, everybody, you just need to sit the fuck down.
1: I- I'm in support of their message. The way they went about it was not cool.
2: I think it was awesome, and okay. this is why okay. I will not talk about it with you, because I am about to get ugly, so I'm going back enough. off. I made I made a very long post about it yesterday on Facebook and was just like, no, nah, you guys can't, but oh, needing to calm down now. Okay.
3: But you know who's not going to get ugly?
1: <laughs> Can we talk for nice. a second about how Delirium really loves San Francisco? Like she just feels seriously at home here.
2: I really enjoy oh that my- a lot. Um, oh, and she also says to Dream that um, she's, she asks, are you pleased to see me? Maybe you are. I like to see you, but you're kind of scary. <laughs> oh
1: my Yeah, God. that's right.
2: There's something so like almost cute about when she says that. He Um, says
1: that perhaps he's pleased to see her, which I'm like, that would be the most unsatisfying answer to that question.
2: Wait, what is the, that he says, perhaps I'm pleased to see you?
1: She says, are you pleased to see me? And he says, perhaps.
2: And she says, oh. Like, what the fuck kind
1: (laughs) of answer is that? Perhaps.
2: He's the, he's the worst. He can't give a straight answer to anything unless it's about him directly. (laughs) It's like, he's just got, it's, it's. Not even that it's like he doesn't have the interest necessarily. It's just that it's not worth the effort. I don't know. It's he, he's so irritating.
3: We've seen enough of his breakups and whirlwind romances with not with other people that we realize that that's how he is. He's so like,
2: self-absorbed. He
3: dream maybe, and then the girl gets all emo and is like, "Okay, fine. Then you don't love me. I'm going to leave you now." Why? Why are you leaving me? Oh, I'm going to curse you.
2: <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> even like he says, "Why are you leaving me?" He's like, "Really, you're leaving? Like you're how leaving? Dare you?" Well guess you're going to a hell dimension the oh, end and there's get, just like no emotion with it
1: we get the whole soft places issue where you we find uh, fiddler's greed again he's yes. just like oh my god it's so annoying they keep taking long walks at me and staring into each other's eyes <laughs>
2: <sighs> oh love you're the worst aren't you um okay so josh is talking to samuel why don't you write down the story of the frog he's like the frog people would like to read about the frog people like things like that that make them laugh and i was like oh this is the one i remember this story
1: i'm gonna go to that one website now the 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 straight out of somewhere website and just be like straight out of calaveras county
2: wait what is that
1: that's the where the frog yeah the frog is from calaveras okay it's the, what is it? The Marvelous Leaping Frog of Calaveras County is the story or something like that?
2: Are you going to make sure it's a picture of a frog?
1: I'm, I'm not actually going to do that because I don't give a shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's um, the spirit.
1: The only the only one I ever actually did on that website was straight out of Blackpool, which you guys wouldn't get the reference to, and I don't think I need to take the time to explain it.
2: I just did straight out of various places because yeah. I don't really feel like I have a hometown. Um okay so um then at this point after this little chat i like you sam you're a good man i'm going to do something for you and he writes down i norton the first hereby proclaim that samuel clemens newspaper man who also writes under the nom de plume of mark twain is made by royal appointment official spinner of tales and teller of stories to these united states of america for the duration of his mortal lifetime norton the first emperor um and I really enjoy like how much Samuel is just like, "Hey, thanks. That's pretty that's nice of you."
1: Fucking awesome, <laughs>
2: right? Um, and then
1: you see the frog for a second.
2: Yes, with, who has wings? By the yeah. way, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and this is when Delirium is like realizing, but he's crazy, but he's still not mine because that's what's keeping him from going crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I love Dream, where he's like, "You think he's the only
2: one?" Yes.
1: And I'm like, "No, no, I can totally relate to that."
2: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we have to lie to ourselves, and that's all there we is all to it.
1: Mad sometimes.
2: Um, and Joshua is out taking a walk in a park, and this family this is, stops him.
1: We're now in 1875. So oh right, jumped we jumped by forward like 11 years.
2: And. uh... They ask if they if he still does that money thing. So he apparently has, like, his own currency that people can exchange 50 yeah. cents for, which is a brilliant idea.
1: And, like, a lot of businesses are taking it?
2: Yes. They've started to take it at restaurants and stuff. And it's actually, like, you know, gaining traction in a real way, which is just the coolest. Um,
3: in, in a lot of cities, there's always going to be, like, in Houston, we have this guy, um, Juan uh, Juan Fernando, I believe, he ended up on America's um, Got Talent, and what he does is, he does, roll he just rollerblades on one intersection, one of the busiest intersections in the city, and he just does it, like, for fun, and he wears the most splendid, fabulous outfits, and a lot of people say, like, just seeing him just doing his thing, makes, brightens up their day. Like, I bump into him a lot on my rush home, and it's, like, sometimes I'm having a shitty day, and I see him doing his his thing and i'm like I, I, I laugh or i smile and like i like how some cities have guys like these you know
2: mm-hmm. i do yeah. i know exactly what you mean and
1: san francisco has more than most <laughs>
3: exactly he, this guy started it
4: all
1: uh, there's i actually when i was reading this i found online there's a whole list of like famous san francisco crazy people um really among- yeah, among them uh, on, on on the list includes Joshua Norton and the King of Pain, who comes up very shortly.
2: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, I thought, going to be Desire itself. And when it turns out to just be, like, somebody that she brought back, I was like, really? Because you just straight up look like Desire, because you are <laughs> like insane. Yeah. Um, Okay, so he meets with a guy who sort of is representative of his Chinese subjects, apparently. Ah-hao. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. means- this dude um, comes up and asks him where he can find an opium den, and he <laughs> pretends not to speak English. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, my God, that accent that he puts on was so really uncomfortable. I do no English. Oh, I hated it. Yeah? Well,
1: screw you, Johnny Chinese. Who needs you anyway? <laughs>
3: I'm not going to lie. My mom has played this card, just <laughs> to run into the bathroom and use it. Wait. Like, okay, so we took a road trip to Dallas, um, to visit our relatives that lived there, and it's a long trip. It's like four four and a half hours, and I was still I was like thirteen when this happened, and my mom was mom was driving. She needed to pee, and the owner of the gas station in the middle of nowhere, I think it's like this small town in between Dallas and Houston. I forgot what it's called. They did not want her to use the bathroom unless she purchased something. Oh. But this, um, Like she was going to get gas anyways on her way out, but it's just one of those things like, I mean, Natasha, you, you understand. It's the when principle
2: of the thing when you're going to be a douche, I'm going to be a douche back. Yeah. Well, it's not
3: just that, Like, I feel like <laughs> girls have it worse when they have to hold their, hold in their pee. Oh, wait, so when we, tell me, anything
2: that says. is regarding like bathroom habits at all. We always get the shit end of the stick pun completely intended. It's like I don't understand why women's bathrooms aren't automatically triple the size of men's, first of all, because we always have to wait no matter how many – it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, and it starts to really hurt. It really can hurt for you know a road trip when you're bouncing around in the car too. Oh, forget it.
3: Oh, yeah. You guys – at least with, with some guys, like their issue is, oh, the sound of water triggers my peeing thing
0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: With girls, it's worse from what I've been told. Mm, I, just any slight movements you're like,
2: ah! Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but yeah, so she like pretended to not understand they wanted her to buy something?
3: No, she pretended to not understand and rushed into the bathroom because she just really got it. She was uh, like, I was going to explode. I was going to fucking explode. <laughs> And so that's how she was able to bypass that crap.
2: It would be so, like, obviously, I would never want to do this, but how great would it be if you just, like, stood there arguing with them about how bad you have to go, and they're like, no, you really have to buy something, and then you just start to pee, like, in the middle of their store on the floor. And you're like, well, you were the ones who made me stand out here. Sorry. <laughs> um, just have to make sure you come with a backup pair of pants, that's all.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that my mom has pulled this trick before which is kind of I know it's terrible but hey if someone's going to be shitty right right
2: I'm totally understanding that yeah um, okay so he gets summoned to the palace of cobwebs cobweb, cobweb palace. palace
4: Yeah.
2: Um, which is a really peculiar place that has exactly. lots of uh, full figured ladies hanging on the walls <laughs> amongst other things um and
1: talking animals
2: oh yeah right the monkey uh
1: parrot parrot the parrot talks at least yeah grizzle or grizel whatever you want to call her
2: um and i grandfather i heard a ghost riding towards us he's coming here that is such a weird way to say this yeah Uh, but at this point the king of pain comes in dressed in this and insane red outfit with these bug blue eyes
1: yeah he- the outfit is is supposedly pretty iconic that was what he supposedly wore as a as the a liniment salesman
2: i really thought he was desire i really did like yeah come so on. this
1: this guy you apparently like used to convince people that they could like cover themselves in aconite yeah uh, and, and I forget, oh God, what was, I forget what he was selling a cure for, but, um, yeah, anyway, he was a con man, basically.
2: Yeah, evidently. Um, and he has, uh, he says, have you ever swallowed aconite? You don't get up and walk away again. So I'm assuming he killed himself.
1: Yeah, he did. He killed himself over gambling debts.
2: Ooh, okay. Um, so he tries to lure... Uh, Joshua with the promise of a wife and keeps on trying to, like, you know, put some really... (laughs) In the, <laughs> use a lot of imagery and evocative <laughs> language to try and like squirming moist female flesh below well, yours i'm like oh god
1: I, I love that Joshuas like i have pr- proposed matrimony to a number of eligible ladies but alas i fear that they are all intimidated by my rank and to date they have all refused me
2: wow. oh my god
1: so he shows him all the pictures and he's just like and he says you know, you can't take your new empress back to your little commercial street walk up, can you? You give the words, building starts tomorrow. It's a nice house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, he's offering him all this stuff. And Joshua basically says, Yeah, I'm poor. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm the emperor of the United States, motherfucker. <laughs> right. And, like, I live really well. Like, restaurants accept my money. Like, they people treat me well here. This is my fucking city. I don't need anything.
2: I really love, too, when he's like, are you expecting me to make some kind of deal with you? And the way he <laughs> says it is, like, it's so sort of disappointed, almost, but more like... Are you really that much of an asshole that this guy backs off? No, 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 no. Well, a little one. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe a little one. <laughs> um,
1: and there's also the great bit where uh, where Josh uh, uh, says to Ahau, he's like, you were with me when they arrested me for lunacy and when they released me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the judge said? And Ahau says, the judge said, Mr. Norton has shed no blood robbed no one and despoiled no country which is more than can be said for most fellows in the king line i love it so much yeah. And death, death says something similar later when she's like i've known literally all the kings i liked <laughs> you the best
2: yes um yeah so when he continues to push the point uh joshua finally says this conversation is unfitting and at an end which was the best way to say that i just loved it and then he leaves and gets back into the carriage with Desire, and she's like, "How the fuck did you?"
3: <laughs> you serious. Um, I know Desire is dressed as a dude, and I'm sure Desire is like um, expressing himself as a uh, expressing itself as a he. But the way he's behaving and screaming and like getting mad at Dream, it's like it's so Cersei of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much. He's like, but he wants women. I know he wants women, and Dream's like, yeah, well. Hmm. Dignity, man. I'm the and like, and the shake, <laughs> and then he says, uh, "I'm disappointed in you. Desire this wasn't very subtle.
2: Go screw yourself, Big Brother. It really was though. Like, just you're gonna bring something in and like show him a bunch of pictures and be like, huh, huh, you want well, something? Right, right,
1: right. No, it, like, he's really? totally right. Yeah. But this, this feels like the moment when Desire was like, he's got this whole little monologue after, he's, after it says, get down and lick, pain."
2: I was like, oh my god, really? And,
1: right. uh, and it's just like, he wants subtle? He'll get subtle. Just watch me. You know, not here, not with Norton, but I'll make him spill family blood. I'll bring the kindly ones down on his blasted head one day.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for.
1: And, like, he's been trying to do it. Like, that was the whole thing with him impregnating Unity and trying to get Dream to kill Rose, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it
2: was the whole thing with her um, apparently intro- introducing him to Nada, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Joshua is walking home one day in 1880 in january and he it looks like collapses um of a heart attack cuz he like grips his left arm mm-hmm. and uh despair comes over to him and is like man i almost had him almost i got so close yeah. and dream says um here's a statuette that's a memento for travelers and you can keep it as a souvenir yes yeah and um at this point death shows up it's time your majesty and she is so like uh like what's the word i'm looking for she's just so friendly with him like hey can i try your hat on (laughs) (laughs) i just really enjoyed the whole way that they interacted with each other and how like taken aback he seems to be at her friendliness but he is like appreciative of it um
3: I wonder if that hat—it's um, not a spoiler—but remember in the song for Orpheus, one of the relatives, I won't say who, made a made a joke to Orpheus about how, oh, your aunt Death, yeah, she has a collection of floppy hats.
2: Um, oh, that's I forgot right. about that joke. Although this is not a floppy one, this is a very stiff top hat. But perhaps. That's true. Hey, can I,
1: know just know just say, can I just say real uh, quick that, like. This is just a thing with me in general but when I the the series of panels where he dies
2: mm-hmm.
1: really fucking hit me and he he was an old man and it was kind of you know he's an old man living in the you know fucking late 19th century and you know but for whatever reason the way that panels is framed really drove home to me like you know shit man that could happen tomorrow mm
2: mm-hmm. mhm
1: You know, it's like, it just fucking could for no reason. It's funny how
2: that like feeling of just, oh my God, you never know, can just overtake you out of nowhere all of a sudden. Yeah. I had that, um, a couple weeks ago, I had been talking to two people in one day who unexpectedly, one man lost his daughter and another woman lost her granddaughter in a car accident. Um, they were two separate people, two separate women that had died, but it was both like a very similar story. Mm -hmm. And the girls, like, I think both of them actually had been texting and they, you know, just veered and hit something and they both died. (laughs) And Owen was going to run out to the store to get something. And I was just overcome with this terror. All of a sudden you mentioned this. Yeah. And I was just like, please be careful. And he was looking at me like I was fucking crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> no, seriously, it can at any time. It can happen at any time. Please be careful. And he was like, uh, okay, crazy. <laughs> and she just like, gave me a hug and a kiss and humored me. And I was no, just no. like, oh, God.
1: Sometimes it just comes over you, man. And it really yep. did when last night when I was reading this. Um, and I love the the final... Uh, lines.
2: Oh my well. god, the uh, best. Joshua Norton was buried on Sunday, the 10th of January, 1880. 10,000 people filed past the body as it lay in state and his funeral cortège was over 2 miles long. His burial was marked by a total eclipse of the sun, which I really want to start seeing a total eclipse of the heart right now. He was the first and last emperor of the United States of America. Turn around, <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then you die in a ah. rainstorm. I'm okay. just thinking
1: of the, the the the. You've heard the like the literal version of that song where they just describe oh. what's happening in the Spin music video.
2: around, oh, ninjas. ninjas! It's the best. Yeah, that was best. really like it's. All a shockingly long song so i never <laughs> have watched the whole thing but yeah i tried to do that song for um a karaoke one time and it just went on so long that eventually it was me and brendan singing it together and we like finally got people up from the audience to come and help us finish it because we were both just so fucking tired <laughs> it was like five minutes long
3: it's just as bad as the meatloaf um i but I won't
1: do that or whatever. Oh, God,
2: that song is so terrible.
1: Do you have, like, go-to karaoke songs?
2: Go-to? um, Kind of.
1: What was
3: that, Anton? Sweet Caroline. Oh,
2: man, I can't deal with that one anymore. Really? Yeah, that one's just, like, so... What's that?
3: Oh, we actually had karaoke night this past weekend, and so we... Okay, I sang Bad Blood by Taylor Swift,
2: nice <laughs>
3: or it up by Rihanna because I could not find bitch better have my money
1: oh that's the
2: thing is they often don't have newer songs so yeah. I always have to go to like the oldies
0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VDW group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Aretha Franklin. Oh yeah. All right. And uh and both Brendan and I would do a lot of 90s stuff. We did um jump around House of Pain like a bunch <laughs> of times. And uh I'd do um What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris, because I know right. the whole rap to that, and Boys. I love it.
3: That, I'm pretty sure that got the house clapping.
2: Oh, yeah. People love when you do the the hip-hop stuff, because people will go up there and sing, like, 80s ballads, and you just want to kill yourself by the time they're over. It's I, I've like... seen,
1: yeah. I, there have been two occasions where I've seen the entire bar join in. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, the first one was Bohemian Rhapsody, which makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. And the other one was uh, I'm on a boat, (laughs) (laughs) which my friend Corinne somehow – I'm like, how the fuck did you find I'm on a boat in that book? That's awesome. It was like a karaoke night of the fucking Best Western in Tucson. (laughs) 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 What?
2: Oh, man. We're going – Owen and I are going on vacation uh, over the weekend, and now you're making me want to find a karaoke place in town. I'm like, ooh.
1: I like to do do Losing My Religion – and I like to do uh, Mary Jane's last dance. Okay,
2: so you're the one who brings down the mood for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Noted.
1: I'm totally that guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're the reason why some of the skinny white girl has to get on stage after you and sing
1: Baby, Baby Got Back.
2: Exactly. Abs-
1: yes, that, that that happens. Although, in my own defense, I sing those songs well. So you know, it's not like I totally killed the night.
2: It's um, I I mean, not to say that it isn't at least more terrible when they can't sing but it can often at least be funny and if somebody sings it well it's just depressing <laughs> 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 there's nothing for me to laugh at and it makes it worse
1: just keep drinking you'll be fine um
2: all anyway. right anyway karaoke, we've been talking for like best. 45
1: minutes and we've covered one of these issues of how do you how do you want to do the rest do you want to do full breakdown or do you just want to like gloss over I mean, some honestly, of these i
2: mean honestly some of these like this one here, Thermidor. I don't really even feel like there's that much to it. it I just... like
1: Thermidor, but do you? Yeah, I do. I, what do like about Thermidor? Well, I, I'm kind of naturally interested in the French Revolution and the Reign of Terror. That's kind of a, a point of interest for me in general, like you know Robespierre and and yeah. and all that stuff. So and how
3: they tried to change all their the names of their calendars and everything, and yeah, stick like, for a thousand years. Nope, lasted like what four years.
1: And it's it's fascinating to me because it's like it they they really were coming from a decent place at the beginning of like let's you know let's overthrow the monarchy and create a new empire based on reason and fuck superstition and all this shit mm-hmm. um but it went so it, it just went so bad and uh I love the the part where you you find Thomas Paine locked up
2: yes and then they're and, like, Payne, you're an embarrassment to your Americans, too. They don't want you back. And I was like, you're ouch. <laughs> like,
1: you're a rabble rouser, dude. They need those before revolutions. After revolutions? Yeah, go away. And do your raffle rousing somewhere else. Um, and I, I, I kind of I, I dig the Joanna Constantine character as portrayed in her journals. Um, right. To a certain extent. I like her. Uh, you know, Orpheus... Will come into play more heavily, obviously later. But I really dig the, um, you know, the whole thing. Like he sang to the leaders of the Reign of Terror, and you know, and then literally head started to roll. So <laughs> well, I liked it. I liked like, Thermidor.
3: Think about this volume, as "Song for Orpheus" and Thermidor are not next to each other,
1: were you would no. think they
3: would be.
2: I think that that was part of like. I don't know. This particular one just took so long to get grounded in anything that felt like it made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, he really loves to start stories in many A res, so to a degree, I'm prepared for that. But this one in particular took a long time to feel like I understood what anybody's motivations were at all, because it's sort of like how I felt with lost after like season three. I'm like, listen, you can only keep chucking weird questions and riddles at me for so long before I start to be like, Okay, now I need an answer, at least one, please. And that was kinda how I started feeling and it felt like just as soon as I caught on to what was really happening, it was over. Mm. Um so it just really was not satisfying to me at all. But
1: what about uh August? Did you like August?
2: I did like that one, yes. Although it was super sad, but
0: Yeah. It-
3: very depressing, and it took. I mean, I remember um, the first time I ever read August, the big reveal that it's Augustus or Octavian. Sorry, right? Octavian, this, the one who followed after Caesar, Julius Caesar. Died, well, right? the
1: the Emperor Augustus. Yeah, the Emperor Augustus. Yeah. The, the, no, who was like, a- he's known in history as like the Great One, right? He's the yeah. fucking like nothing was ever the same after he he died because then, as they point out at the end, it was like Tiberius, who was an asshole. Caligula, who we know who fucking Caligula was, um, Claudius, who they describe in uh, this issue as a fool. Although I know at least one person who's read about Claudius that vehemently defends him, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then Nero, who was just the worst. So, and after Nero, of course, the the emperor or the empire basically crumbled and would never did it strike again. back. <laughs> I can't I can't even glorify that with like a chuckle like I can't I can't even snicker at that that's just that's that's not even heresy (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I feel like that part um, in you know remember that one episode of Black Mirror with the uh, with the grain where he's like playing detective tracking down his wife's adultery yes and he goes back and he uh, he sees her laughing at the one joke and he's like that's not funny. That's, that's objectively not funny. <laughs> like, hey, you, look at that. Just, just tell me if this joke is funny. Is that funny? No.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. That show is really good. Um, I've had people being like, why don't you cover that while rashawn has gone? I'm like, did it. Done already. Bye. No
1: pay for it, motherfucker. Yeah, right?
2: Go buy it. Um, but they probably just don't know it exists. I'm we not very good at advertising the, things.
1: We still need to cover the Christmas special, by the way.
2: That's true. I yeah. will wait for actual Christmas for that. Fair enough. Um, all right. So, yeah. To summarize this one, um, she's got a head. <laughs>
1: oh, we're, we're going back to Therminor? Okay.
2: I mean, it's. I, I'm okay with really not covering it very much. I just want to mention the fact that they have puppets of headless corpses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. I, I just want to discuss that really quick for a second.
1: Dude, the Reign of Terror was
4: fucked. That's. It's, like, it got dark
2: this is the kind of stuff that you don't even want to admit happened. You're like, this is just coming out of the darkest parts of his psyche, this writer. And he's just, you know, imagining some of the most horrifying things that you could think of that are really macabre, but no, this is a real thing. Um, yep. Really? Really?
3: It's terrifying because, um, and, and, you know, you, we have to remember we're looking at the reign of terror from the Western standpoint. Like it's only just recently with China being more relaxed on its security and, uh, flow of information that we're we're getting news from from uh, mainland China of all the atrocities now committed.
2: Mm. Oh, God. I yeah. don't know. I mean, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he, the, the reason he
3: stockpiled a lot of money, I mean, a lot of nuclear arms, was he had to deal with Stalin since Stalin was starving, but had a lot of nuclear warheads. Hey, China, you guys have a lot of natural resources. Give us rice, we'll give you weapons. And for some stupid reason, actually, no, why, why should we be surprised? Mal was like, that's an
1: excellent idea. <laughs> I
2: was to be, like, a stupid reason. Um, are we living I on the know. same planet?
1: I really, what, one, what, one thing that I really like about Thermidor is the fact that uh, it really manages to convey the feeling among just, like, the general population of France at the time. Mm-hmm. When the one guy, like, accidentally says July. Oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, Thermidor. I meant... Th- I meant Thermidor. Don't fucking hurt me. I meant Thermidor. Yeah, I'm yeah. so sorry.
3: Crazy mob justice. Which, I mean, we've yeah. been seeing online and in the internet lately with some news stories that break out and people just, the, the way they respond so rapidly.
1: Yeah. It, it also, no, nah. not even to bring up this whole can of worms, but you remember the Dark Knight, the third Chris Nolan Dark Knight movie? Yeah. Oh, they they yeah. basically recreate the Reign of Terror under the rule of Scarecrow. Yeah. The implication was that socialism will lead to the Reign of Terror every time. And I'm just like, motherfucker, democracy led to the Reign of Terror. <laughs> like, it- the glorious revolution overthrowing the monarch. You know, like.
2: That's what I really loved about the, um, later on Ramadan. It's yeah. sort of like the, the implication there being, it can be really nice for a tiny bit of a while. But then we have to ruin it. We have right. to ruin. Like that's just how it happens. Like always. And um, so yeah, there's just something like kind of beautiful about the fact that he recognizes that and is like, "Can I make you a deal to keep it beautiful somehow?" <laughs> um, but anyway, okay. So let's uh, let's end with that. That turn. That head uh, sings. Knocks them all. On their asses, not then really, gets, but, you know.
1: And then gets left on the island. Uh, yes.
2: And turns out to be Orpheus's head. And um, it's Joanna saying goodbye. Right. Uh, what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly.
1: Thomas Paine. I liked it. Yep.
2: And then, the hunt. This is a very simple one. Um, okay,
1: so, so we're not going to talk about August very much, then?
2: August isn't happening yet. Oh, okay. The yeah, Hunt is the next one.
3: The the Volume Collected Volume, mild.
1: I'm so confused right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the next one is The Hunt and then comes um okay. then that's comes just... August and then after that comes the uh,
1: the one with the That's you, right? that's just weird because um so in the actual so you know I have the issues here not the the collected novel. So um, Thermidor is issue 30 or is issue 29. August is issue 30 and three Septembers into January is issue 31. yeah and, and these the hunt is like issue 38.
2: Oh weird okay
1: yeah so sorry yeah. that's the source of my confusion.
3: No no actually to be fair Natasha, I was gonna bring this up. So like I said um, um, if the stories of Thermidor August and three Septembers into January they they were actually the interlude before a game of You, after seasons of myth.
2: Right, I remember you that now, yeah.
3: Yeah, and then what's interesting is after A Game of You, you have The Hunt, Soft Places, and The Parliament of Brooks are issues 38 to 40. Um, yeah. And what's interesting is we didn't get Ramadan or Song for Orpheus until after um, – Ramadan is actually issue 50.
1: That's right. Yeah.
3: which is interesting because we will we still have two giant-ass story arcs to finish before Ramadan actually shows up in chronological order. Which, is, In
1: terms is, of publication, yeah.
3: Publication dates, yeah. And then Song for Orpheus, which um, is smack dab in the middle of this uh, volume, Fables and Reflections, actually was a special. It's not even numbered.
2: That's so funny because they really do go together in so many ways, just like oh, the, about uh, the whole storytelling thing, and it's just funny to me that they were so far apart.
3: You know what I think it is? It's real-life politics inside the Vertigo DC editorial causing these issues and ruining the story.
2: Fuck you guys. (laughs) Um, All right. So the hunt it starts out with this grandfather who is really (coughs) uh, cranky and old-fashioned and kind of arguing with his granddaughter. Of course you love it because you are this grandpa. (laughs) You are clearly this old man. He was set yes, in his clearly. ways and yelling at the children.
1: I am old and Russian and yelling for the kids to get off my lawn. And, and this are oh, telling your
3: granddaughter not to watch that MTV because it's going to ruin her her yeah, eyes. And, absolutely. And, and then be good with Michael Jackson lyrics, and she's like, "But I don't like Michael Jackson anymore." This you you like one. T- Michael Jackson this one time,
1: week. I like uh, tried to marry this princess and then didn't, and then went off and turned into a wolf and fucked another wolf instead. <laughs> the Surprise.
2: Surprise. Princess Bride
3: also with the inters. Of- with a grandpa telling the story, by the way.
1: <laughs> That's right. Absolutely.
3: Which, by the way, I'm wondering, Princess Bride probably came before this issue came out, so I'm hoping that it's a callback to that narrative.
1: This yeah. was 92, so the movie came out... When did the movie come out? Because the book is very different.
3: That's true. The um, movie came out probably, like... Wasn't the book, like, late 80s?
2: I would look it up, but I'm afraid to do anything on my computer. because I'll, 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 I'll things look, things
1: look it up. Keep talking about The Hunt.
2: Um, anyway, this, uh, is a grandfather telling his daughter the story about our people. And...
3: Princess Bride 87, by the way. So, yeah, Princess Bride came out way before this issue came out. It was 87? Yeah, the movie Princess Bride.
1: By the way, can I, say, can I say real quick how great it is that the only thing you need to type for the Princess, for the princess Bride to be the first Google result is the PR. <laughs> anyway. The
2: pl- um... So, the story starts out, he runs into this old woman, and she is selling stuff, and uh, he catches her a rabbit, and his dad is like, you shouldn't talk to her. And she goes on her merry way, and then later on... There's
1: the great bit where, where she's like, I've got the emerald heart of Kostjai the Deathless. And then the, the granddaughter says, how'd she get that? And he's like, you crazy? An old gypsy woman's going to be walking around a forest with the heart of Kostai the Deathless
2: in her pack." And then later on, she's like, I thought you said it wasn't. He's like, what do I know? Yeah, I don't care. You're just not supposed to trust the storyteller. <laughs>
1: That's right. Um, By but, the way, I just I- got the
2: heart from Tales in the Sand. That's what I was thinking. It, it was. It looks yeah. like
1: it, but it's a different color. Again, it's a different yeah.
2: color every time we see it. I, th-
1: I think we've seen red, blue, and green now of the of the same heart shaped thing. This
2: thing is the
3: artifact equivalent, ancient artifact equivalent of that that dollar bill with a. Have you seen?
1: Um, uh, like, have you seen George? Remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> where's, where, where's,
2: where's George? George?
1: Yeah, um, we got the we got Vasily here, and he is of the people. Yes. We don't really know what that is, but this definitely takes place in, like, Nova Zembla, like Russia, right? Yeah. That's Which is why Baba Yaga saying. comes in.
3: Well, yeah, Baba Yaga. It was very, like, Eastern Europe um, or Russia, basically.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure where Nova Zembla is, but it's around that area.
2: So she, uh, finally, to say thank you, gives him a uh, portrait of the the Duke's youngest daughter, on a chain. And she's like in the middle of talking about how she used to be young and beautiful. I got my heart broken. Do you understand me? No. (laughs) And she's, and then she says, well, I'll read your fortune. Let me see your pinky finger. And she goes to touch him and backs off and says, what are you keep away from me and runs away.
1: And he finds her body later.
2: Yeah, that sucks. But he gets her pack. That's right. And, um, he goes to this inn and he very wisely uh sits on the floor and waits and in the middle of the night a panel slides up on the at the head of the bed and an axe comes crashing down into his pillow. That's and right. I love the way this is done because the innkeeper has the candle held and he's looking into the room like wait, what? And you just see his hand come from the side and like put the candle out, and then the next frame is darkness, and there's nothing after that. (laughs) Before he left,
1: he took the before he left the inn, he took back the coin he had given the innkeeper for his food and lodging, feeling quite justified in doing so. (laughs) I love
2: that, and I like the fact that uh, he's wiping his mouth. He set off due west. Yep. Oh, interesting. Um, and at this point, he runs into Lucien. And Lucien is like, "Hey, you've got a book that I really need." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, well, I just need this girl in exchange for the book." And Lucien is like, oh, "Mother, no, I can't do that." And he's like, "Well, tough then, no book for you." And walks off. and Lucien is like, "Motherfucker."
1: <laughs> uh, you know, we don't want to get into all the interruptions of the granddaughter during the story, but she's the um, worst. She's she's uh when the librarian comes in, she's like, it all sounds suspiciously postmodern to me, Grandpa. Are you sure this is really a story for the old country? And he says, listen, blood of my blood. Although I'm a hard man to anger and I love you deeply. If you interrupt me again, so help me. I'll rip out your throat with my teeth.
2: Sorry, grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he reaches the borders and he in- he encounters the tall man again. I've got all this gold for you and he's like yeah that's really nice but that's not what I said I wanted and I don't want gold so and Lucien is just starting to get really like (laughs) irritated um and he continues on with his journey and uh he's stalking a deer and jumps out to attack and this girl comes off from the side and nails the deer first and carries it back to the camp and is like, Taha, fuck you. You weren't fast enough. And he's like, I have a backpack. It was harder for me. <laughs> um,
1: Not and, all men.
2: Right? <laughs> no. And Baba Yaga is there with her hut on chicken legs, which is my yeah. favorite thing. Are you-
3: familiar with the legend of baba yaga was i was that.
2: obsessed with baba yaga when i was she
3: little is, oh, she is she is a joy every time i hear stories of her in eastern european folklore um mike mignola who does the hellboy comics has made her a staple in the villains gallery nice. and she is amazing that's awesome
2: i was there was this um this little like book for children called bony legs And it's basically Baba Yaga. I think I've
1: seen that, yeah. Yeah,
2: a girl who, like, gets kidnapped or she... It's not that she gets kidnapped so much as, like, she decides to work for this old lady not knowing who she is. And then when she figures it out, she's like, all right, I'm going to bounce. And Baba Yaga's like, yeah, no, you're not. And the girl has to figure out how to escape and she throws a mirror behind her and it turns into a lake and she throws a comb behind her and it turns into all these tall trees that are too close together for Baba Yaga's house to fit between them. That's and stuff. right. That's right. It was the best. Um, Man, the first time I
1: was exposed to Baba Yaga, I think it was one of the books that really got me into mythology. It was, and I've never like heard anyone talk about it or seen it again in my life, but it was this weird ass book called, I think it was called weirdos of the universe unite. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this story about this kid who had problems and he got help from this group of f- like super friends who were mythological characters and it was like Coyote from Native American mythology and uh like sub- I think Hermes from Greek mythology and Baba Yaga was one of his friends too
2: <laughs> nice. That's anyway. basically, like, what's going on here. He's just, like, pulling find, everything.
1: I'd love to find that again and just be like, what the fuck was this shit? Because I honestly do think it was a bigger influence on me than I kind of realized.
2: There's also um, Women Who Run With the Wolves, which mm, is, yeah. you know, an exploration of a lot of, like, classic fairy tales. And the Baba Yaga and the variations of were discussed in that at, in at length and also um bluebeard was in there too i remember being fascinated by that one because that one's dark um oh yeah but anyway okay so she he he says i need to get to the duke's palace and she uh asks him have you ever ridden the night sky in a mortar (laughs) and i remember when i was little hearing that she flew around in a mortar but i was like they can't really mean like a mortar and pestle, right? That's got to mean something else. No, I was like, what, what the is. fuck is
1: a mortar and pestle?
2: <laughs> Wait, you didn't like when you were reading the comic or No, when I was when a kid, I had no
1: fucking idea what a mortar and pestle was. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, oh. I I knew what they were, but I assumed that I that there must be a different meaning for it. Nope,
3: it's exactly what you think. I remember being exposed to the concept, to the whole idea of Baba Yaga because um so my grandmother was obsessed with me, like all these creepy, creepy things. Surprise,
1: surprise, right? That, those are my bedtime stories.
3: <laughs>
2: I love so, um,
1: it. Um, I would have loved to meet your grandmother.
3: Well, the thing is, the, the Philippine folklore, our horror, like, our monsters are just as creepy as East, they're, they're more attuned to Eastern European monsters with the creepy shamanism that occurs in those parts of the world, I guess. And so Baba Yaga, for me, is not some not a foreign concept, because we have something similar to her, like a, a Southeast Asian analog, and it's, it's there with the uh, flying on a mortar, mortar and pestle creepiness of Baba Yaga and what is it the shadow that curdles milk yes. oh yeah that's
1: right well they they, they, do, they go through the list here it's like uh, oh where is it
2: babies screamed mothers miscarried milk soured men went mad below yeah. them Jews were burned in their houses gypsies were beaten to death night birds screamed and owls hooted and wolves howled
1: yep, I was like Jesus it. all
2: right <laughs>
3: That's all because she cast a shadow. Oh my goodness.
2: Also, have you guys seen John Wick? Yes. No. Because every time they were like Baba Yaga, I was like, ha oh. ha I just made me think of John Wick. Um, Miles, you should watch John Wick. It's pretty fun. Everybody uh, should. I,
1: I've heard many things about John Wick. Uh, most of them good. I um, honestly just haven't been able to muster up the interest. But I will check it out someday. I'm it's
2: sure. a good movie to watch with people. Because there are numerous moments in which you kind of shout with surprise and go, What the fuck?
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And it's <laughs> way more fun to do that with people.
1: All right, I'll check it out. So
3: it's the movie that me when me and my gays want to blow it up. That's our fuck yeah movie.
2: Yeah, definitely it, a fuck maybe, yeah movie. Maybe
1: we'll do a uh, maybe we'll do an unspoiled sometime of me watching John Wick.
2: Well oh, they're doing Super equal. fun. Are they? Oh, yeah, I'm they so, are. I'm so excited now. John Wick Two. Um, and the guy who, Alfie Allen, who plays uh, Reek in Game of Thrones, is basically the bad guy.
1: Sorry, I'm not, in in what show?
2: Oh, <laughs> um, there's this show on HBO. It kind of is lost at shine for some people, yeah. but there's this guy in it, and he's always the bad guy, usually, well, in everything. Lily Allen's
3: um little brother, who was a bit of a fuck-up until he cleaned up his act, is channeling his dark <laughs> tape. And- <laughs>
1: So he he like always plays a villain character. As long as there's no other actor in that show who like has something else similar going on, like always dying whenever he appears, then that's fine. It wouldn't be.
3: Oh no! It's just it's just Alfie Allen pretty much. Um, even they even joked about it on when he was promoting the film. He um, I think he was um, he was basically just saying like yeah I just had to basically be autobiographical with my character. <laughs>
1: that, that, that that was a Sean Bean joke, guys. Come on, get with the program. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs>
2: all right back to this
1: we are so off topic this episode
2: yes (laughs) um so he gets uh he goes to like the door of the palace i guess one would say the mansion whatever knocks on the door is like hey so i want to see this uh this person this woman I
1: i love this doorman
2: and he's just like oh of course please come inside And leads him down, obviously, into a basement. I'm like, You're following this dude? Really? Dungeon. Right? (laughs) And he's like, Wait in here. The lady will see you shortly. Slams the door, or when hell freezes over. Ouch. And he's left in there for a while, it appears. Um, eventually there was no food left we of the people are hard to kill and harder to kill the older we get but he was young and without food or water or moonlight he would die the true death a slow death and far from noble um and then lucien appears hello and he says something like well why didn't you just wait for me to die and then you could have taken your stupid book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's just so irritable he's not really like I just imagine him that way um, and Lucienne it's not that simple at this point the book is your property when you die technically it becomes the property of the duke and I really have no desire to open negotiations with the duke uh,
3: that line made me want to meet the duke now
2: I know right I'm like why I
3: was like Lucien is afraid of somebody okay
2: and he's also afraid of Dream finding out that he misplaced a book because well, yeah. well,
1: he says <laughs> he it would Opening negotiations with the Duke would attract attention, which is what he's trying to avoid. Is yes. like he's trying to do this all on the down low.
2: Well, like that, I, not-
1: I never lost no. a book. There were no books missing. Nothing like this ever happened. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I love that he's like, so your freedom for the book, right? Right? And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, Nah, I'm of the people. I said what I want. That's pretty much it. You can fucking shove it.
1: Well, yeah. I, I actually, I kind of dig this little, little line he does where he's like, I am of the people, man. What I seek, I find. What I hunt, I take. I can hide in a shadow. My teeth are sharp enough to cut bone. I run on four legs as easily as two. I am kin to Dwaro and Nightgaunt. I owe allegiance to none born, and I fear nothing. I want the woman.
2: I really was rolling my eyes throughout that honestly because Really
1: I liked it. I liked it. A lot. I was
2: thinking about the moment in Age of Ultron when Thor is like as long as there is life in my breast I am running out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's being snuck up on. Well, so I kept it's... being like is he just trying to distract him? Nope, nope, he really is doing the speech. It
1: was, oh, this oh was the God. passage where um where I became, I think, most interested in, like, what the fuck are the people? Like, kin to Dwaro and Nike What? <laughs> like, you know, I want to know more about this shit. And he, he says all this, and Lucien's just like...
2: Well... Ugh,
1: <sighs> ugh. Fine.
2: So he brings him to the library. Uh, be very quiet quiet and fucking morpheus is just standing right there with his arms crossed like (laughs) oh my god i was dying and when he starts growling at dream and dream is like stop that well lucien (laughs) he's so dismissive (laughs) oh god he tickles me um and he asks what the price is he smiles and says i see he gives lucien the book And then they go to her chambers. Um, And I really like one step forward and they were in the bedroom of the Duke's youngest daughter, whose name was, I don't remember, Natasha, something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Um, She was asleep in her bed and he sees her. He realizes that she's everything he ever dreamed. And then he's like, yeah, here's your necklace piece. (laughs) Nice. I did not expect that. that was and it was so, great. like, a
3: way to subvert our expectations. Uh,
2: why? Why, though? Why what?
1: Why did you do that?
2: I'm assuming because he's like, yes, she's pale and delicate and fragile and can never run with the wolves. Uh, That's what I assumed. But it just felt like there was this moment where he was like, yeah, um, you're great and beautiful and, you know, but you're also just not really... Like, they're just...
1: (laughs) Well, I asked because at the end, it's what the grandfather says this whole story is about, is what he saw at that moment.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I'm kind of curious as to what you might think that is.
2: For me, it's almost like um, when you see, like, a celebrity or somebody who is so perfectly beautiful that it's almost like, yeah, this, this is... It's like you're not even human. I'm not really it's there's something about somebody who is too good looking at least for me that i can't like you know like you try and fantasize about a celebrity or something and if somebody is too good looking i can't do it because it feels too (laughs) completely out of reach and so like over the top ridiculous and like this Uh you know so for me it just sort of felt like he saw her he was like yeah you're practically like a different species for me entirely nah, i don't think this is ever gonna work out here's your necklace but you're pretty though bye <laughs> um, you, know what
1: I, you know what i can't do what not comment on the banging sounds again
2: is it happening again <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying
1: not to say anything this whole time
2: i'm wondering if it's because um anton you have like a headset on right um, yeah, but it's not me because I'm not running, walking around the, the house. I don't know. I'm like, because I'm not moving. I'm sitting here at the, at my desk with my book. Yeah. Unless no, it's my book like I, hitting the desk, but I'm not really no moving the book around. I have no idea what's NSA, happening. NSA,
3: if you are listening to us, we just want to say we love America.
1: Yeah.
2: Wait, yeah. What? Okay.
3: I said NSA if you're tap if you're tapping this this conversation. Oh,
2: if that's what the sounds are, okay, I've got you. I was like J- so confused for a second. Mm.
1: James Clapper, go fuck yourself if you're listening to this. I hate you.
2: And they've released the missiles. Okay. I was um, going to say
1: there was just a knock on the door. Hold on one second, dun, guys.
2: Dun dun dun. <laughs> um. When Lucien asked Vassily about the Duke's daughter, he shook his head and said nothing. But the Lord of Dreams knew that wishes are sometimes best left ungranted, and he did not need to ask.
1: Yeah, Vasily just goes back to the dreaming and just chills with them and has dinner.
2: Yeah, I love that so much. But yeah, like i that's just why I kind of felt like when he said sometimes wishes are best left ungranted, it sort of like, yeah, it reminded me of how I feel sometimes where I'm just like, yeah, it's like you're... There's no, no, it's just like, doesn't click in my brain. Um, And then he awakes in the forest and one night in early spring, when the crescent moon hung sharp and white in the sky, he ran through the woods in the shape of a wolf. He recognized her scent from far across the wood. The hunt lasted for hours until at the end, his teeth closed gently on her neck, not breaking the skin. And she lay still. And then, flickering and shifting from wolf shape to man shape, they celebrated their union.
1: And I okay. love how they're
2: like snapping and snarling at each other in that frame. So,
1: so they're basically like having sex while shape shifting, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that that's a little kinky. Gotta say.
2: Did you listen to that episode of uh, that Brennan and I were covering Song of Ice and Fire and read bad Game of Thrones fan fiction?
1: Yeah. I don't think I did, no.
2: <laughs> and there was one that was of, um, it was of Rob and Arya's dogs, or direwolves. Oh, line.
1: well, okay, yeah. I, I fucking listen to every episode of that shit, so I must have listened to that episode. Unless
2: it was a paid episode, I don't remember. But they, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, warging and having sex in their direwolf- like with each other it's horrible and it's so graphically written (laughs) oh my god the whole thing is just really uncomfortable and i could not stop reading it i was just like and i got a lot of people who were like you need to do more of that and brendan was like no (laughs) he put his foot down (laughs) hard it's like no more of that shit
1: good job brendan i appreciate
2: (laughs) it um and the people came from hundreds of leagues around for the wedding and they lived happily together until death parted them. And that's it, huh? Yes, that's the story. It's kind of sexist. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. it's not, oh. though. How is it sexist? If he just, like, took her for a prize, that would be sexist. But he just gives her her necklace back and then goes and, you know, mates with the other woman. And later on, it's not even like she's his consolation prize. It's, like, way later.
1: Yeah, if, like, if the story had ended with him just, like, claiming her the end, then maybe. Yeah.
2: I always found that to be such a weird – and he seems so frustrated with her. He, like, stands up. Um,
1: well, and that, and then that's when she's like, well, you're – you know, my parents put you up to the story because they don't like my boyfriend because he's not of the people and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but, but – <laughs>
2: Yeah, fuck you. But it wasn't about years. your boyfriend. It wasn't really even about the people. It was about what he saw when he looked at the sleeping woman, why he turned his back on her. It was about dreams. My fault. I thought you'd want to hear the story. Um, and then I wish you could have known your grandmother. She was an amazing woman. She knew the value of things, but she never let me forget that she had beaten me to the deer. And she suddenly turns it's around. Like, <gasps> And he's just like, good night, and closes the door. I'm like, "Oh shit. <laughs> it's, uh, I like
1: it's it. good. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, uh, was, was going to say, it's going to be a little while before, uh, there's, um, as much unspoiled commentary on this particular subject as I would like there to be, because, uh, it's going to be a little while before we get to Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But, um, 15 year olds fucking suck. Yes. Like, that. Uh-huh. Specific age. I remember being worst.
2: fifteen, and that being the turning point for me turning into an utter monster. <laughs> it was. I there. remember. It's like, just, I, it's... I, sorry, I, go ahead. I, uh, it's okay, sophomore
1: I, year of high school. It's awful.
3: <laughs> this is true. It, it's terrible. I think I to this day I don't know how I survived my teenage years, and I cringe when I go through old pictures of myself or <laughs> notebooks I kept in high school where I would like write things down about my thoughts. And I'm like, I I kept the notebook of like every year I would just jot my thoughts, like stream of consciousness style. And Mm -hmm. I think I found the notebook of what I kept when I had my first boyfriend. It was terrible. terrible. (laughs) I want to go back in time and beat that Anton to a bloody pulp and say, get over yourself.
2: I hear that. Uh, I
1: think everybody wants to do that to the younger selves. I know I do.
2: Um, all right. So guys, we've reached an hour and twenty minutes and we haven't <laughs> even gotten to August. We've still got
1: five, we still have five issues left to cover, I think.
2: So what do you say we wrap this up here and cover the rest of it next episode? Would that so be all right? Done,
1: we've done uh we did three Septembers into January, we did Thermidor, and we did the hunt.
2: Yes. Right. I mean, you want to August.
1: do like one more and make it even four per episode? Well,
2: the next one is August, and I feel like that has a lot going on. Okay, all right, all right. Um, what do you think, Anton?
3: I mean, I'm fine with stopping here because Soft Places is not that long. Neither is Parliament of Brooks. Parliament of Brooks is, is fun, but it's not. It's a, not a long. It's not a long issue. It's
2: very short. Yeah, and there's not much going on with that one either. So I feel like August and um, Ramadan are like the more dense. Yeah, and, 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 Song of,
1: and Song of Orpheus. Oh, well, yeah. But uh, Parliament of Rooks and Soft Places shouldn't take very long.
2: Alright, cool. Well, let's do that. Um, Alright, sounds good. Sorry, guys. for It's it's very hard to know like how we're going to be talking about things, but I'm glad to not have been alone because it was hard for me to... I can normally read the whole volume that we're going to be covering in the day that we are covering it. And... Uh, I was really frustrated by the fact that I couldn't do that this time. I was like, why is this taking so long for me to get through? But then Anton said he had the same thing. So I felt better.
1: And this one is just like, it's, it's the same thing as dream country, only longer. It's a little bit harder to, you know, it, it's not as, I don't think it's quite as important that we like cover all of it in one episode because it's not a concurrent, like a, a coherent story.
2: Right. Okay. Um, well then I just wanted to say hi to new patrons really quick. Um not too many this week. It's uh Jacqueline Hensy and Susan Stacy on Patreon. So welcome Jacqueline and Susan. <laughs> um on Bandcamp it was let's see, I'm sorry, um, Corey Guerin. And then I got a donation from April Connolly. So thank you very much, April. Um and those are those are the announcements. And for those of you who are not yet aware for whatever reason Um, I will not be able to continue with, uh, Harry Potter and the wire for a little while because Rashawn has had to take a leave of absence from the podcast for a month or two. And in the interim, I'm going to be covering, um, his dark materials with Owen, um, which I'm going, I started a new feed on iTunes, which is yet to be approved. Hurry the fuck up iTunes. And it's just going to be called the unspoiled book club. And I will be covering books on that, um, several chapters, like grouped together instead of doing it one chapter at a time so that I can cover more books. Because sometimes it's just, I get so many recommendations for books people want me to cover and doing it one chapter at a time can, it just slows everything down so much that it feels like I'll never get to certain things. So um so yeah we're we're starting off with the golden compass and uh i have one episode recorded and that should be coming out soon hopefully and then we are also doing the jonathan strange and mr norrell bbc series i've read the book owen has not um and i have also read his dark materials and owen has not so he is going to be the unspoiled one for both of those so that is what's going on um anything that you guys want to plug please go right ahead Go ahead, Miles.
1: Uh, guys, if if you're listening to this, you're you're a nerd. I know it for a fact. <laughs> you you are a, a, a geek who enjoys geeky, nerdy things like comic books and movies and television and literature and all kinds of nerdy pop culture shit. And if that's the case, which as I've just made it clear, it is, <laughs> uh, you should be listening to the Smash Fiction podcast, which is a brand new podcast that I am doing with uh, some friends of mine from LA and it is basically the concept is, you know, you always wondered who would win in the fight, Batman or Wolverine or whatever the fuck ever. <laughs> um, so we take fictional characters and debate who would win in battles, not even necessarily fights, sometimes battles of wits or battles of speed or battles of uh, baking biscuits, uh, baking biscuits. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> So it's super fun. It's really funny. Uh, all the people that I'm working with are really talented. I'm probably the least talented among them. So um, check that out. It's, it's, a, it's just really tons of fun, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. The podcast is called Smash Fiction. We have two episodes up right now on iTunes. Uh, the first one is Terminator versus Predator. The second one is Godzilla versus the Power Rangers.
3: And that was great. I wanted to tell you, Miles, I listened to this on the commute to work with a guy I'm sort of seeing, and we were uh-huh. laughing our asses off. And he was, like, kept on, like, laughing every time you guys brought up the fact that Godzilla can sky
1: kick somebody. <laughs> That's right. He knows martial arts. <laughs> um, and the, the next episode, which should be coming out this coming weekend, uh, I- I'm actually the judge in this one. And this one is a little more complicated. It's who would win uh, Master Chief from Halo... Or Samus from Metroid. Oh my! In a race through a space station to kill the Xenomorph queen from Aliens. So, oh um, that's super fun. That's going up this weekend. Check it out. Uh, it can be a little bit hard to find on iTunes right now because you can't just search for it because Apple doesn't give us uh, a lot of privileges because we're brand new. So, if you want to help us out with that, um, like it, subscribe. Uh, you know, uh, leave a review. That'd be awesome. And we have a Facebook page. Uh, Smash Fiction Podcast. We got an email account, Smash, uh, Smash Fiction Podcast at gmail dot com. We are on Twitter at Smash Fic Podcast. Uh, you can also check out the Timekeepers Table Podcast if you're a wrestling fan through the Timekeepers Table and on iTunes. And of course, if you're uh, at all invested in that show that Natasha just told me about just now and uh, the books that it's apparently based on, you can find my writings about it, which happened somehow, even though I didn't know about it for the past five years. Uh, on towerofthehand.com, where we have just completed uh, the top 50 characters countdown, Natasha, which means you're out of excuses.
2: It means that we're going to have to record a Song of Ice and Fire episode together, and I'm not sure how you feel about that.
1: If if we record... if we record a Song of Ice and Fire episode, I'm okay with it. As long as we're not recording a Game of Thrones episode, we're good. <laughs> All
2: right. We'll see how long we can keep those two things separate.
1: All right. Fair enough. Uh, I, think, I think that's me. Oh, and also I, I always almost forget. Uh, check, check out uh, some more of my work and some more uh, really great progressive uh, social work um, in terms of journalism. At yes Magazine and yesmagazine.org. Sorry. Hey, sorry i had so many plugs
3: it's okay hey guys um i am cur- well okay so i write reviews for um, projectfandom.com i currently cover marco polo which i i don't know i think it's not getting a second season if it is i'll guess i'll cover it i Are am you enjoying co- it it's okay but i can't <laughs> believe that I got a second season with how <laughs> bad it was but on the good side daredevil is uh, is uh, oh, my reviews on the first season of Daredevil is something I'm particularly proud of, especially since I do love Daredevil. I'm one of the few comic bookies out there that will prefer Matt Murdock over Bruce Wayne. Also, Goddamn right. I don't think Bru- at least Matt Matt will fight for you, and it'll be free because he's pro bono. Um, also, um, I'll be Bruce comfort- Wayne
1: he charges.
3: <laughs> he charges. Well, I mean, he'll probably send you. Like, I feel like if you're an, a
1: Gotham citizen, it's a revolving door of pain. <laughs> yes, I gotta uh, like, watch Daredevil. I, as well, soon I as say, I watch like, Daredevil, I'm listening to your reviews, Anton.
3: Oh well, I'm glad that you do. And I also, I was going to say with the season, um, with the fall season coming in, I am also going to be covering the Muppets show on ABC. Woo! <laughs> and Lucifer, which according to Nina, because um, she was able to get um access to maybe or may or may not, oops, I'm sorry, may or may not have gotten advanced viewing privileges to the pilot episodes, like some people have, may or may (laughs) not. I will neither confirm nor deny that... You are (laughs) in so
1: much trouble right now. You're Uh, in hot water, buddy. (laughs) Well, I mean,
3: I've been told it's good. And it is Lucifer that is based off of the same Lucifer of the Sandman series that we've been covering, so that's exciting. Cool. So there's that. Also, I am enjoying my stint here on the Unsoiled Empire as a proud vassal as am I <laughs> Always. and uh, that's pretty much it
2: sweet alright guys well thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week with a new episode bye guys
3: bye, bye. Mr. Simon bring me a dream make him the cutest that I've ever seen bum, 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 bum. Give him true lips like roses and clover
1: bum, 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 bum. Then tell
2: him that his lonesome nights are over.
3: Send